Welcome to MSP Voice, the weekly show for MSPs by MSPs. Brought to you by CloudBerry, the number one cross-platform cloud backup. Learn more at cloudberrylab.com. This is MSP Voice. Hello and welcome. This is MSP Voice episode number 35. So today I'm joined by Scott Sanders, who runs Affordable Technology Solutions out of South Carolina and also manages a great group, great community called the IT Business Owners Group. A very popular Facebook group as well as website where you can get uh, some great information and discounts from vendors. So definitely check out the interview and Scott's story on how that all got started. Um, some housekeeping here real quick. MSPVoice.com is your source for all things MSP Voice. Uh, so we've got all the podcasts on there and I'm going to be announcing some webinars uh, probably later this week. Uh, so be sure to check that out and see if you're interested and get registered for those webinars. So with that being said, let's get to just a couple of um, Reddit articles this week. I didn't have a ton of time to do research. I've been on a cruise uh, for the last week. So just a couple of quick articles. Um, this first one, you've probably seen it if you have been in the MSP subreddit. Um, it's an urgent notice that there's an expired certificate for ConnectWise Automate Lab Tech that needs to be patched by March 9th or else your server and agents will stop working. So this sounds critical. Um, you know, hopefully if you're using um, ConnectWise Automate slash lab tech. Um, hopefully you've already seen this, but if not, just wanted to put this out there. Um, so definitely check out the show notes in terms of, of the link to this. It's got all the information, how to fix it, the patches to apply, and all those other types of things. Um, I'm not going to go through the comments on this, but definitely check this out if you are an Automate customer. Um, next up, this one I found a little bit interesting. It's how do you remove edge from the taskbar? Uh, so, you know, this poster, you know, he says this is annoying. It seems like the only way to programmatically remove edge from the taskbar is to set a custom taskbar, which means the user can't edit it anymore. All we want to do is remove edge, but allow users to edit the rest of their taskbar. Any suggestions? Um, so, the reason I included this is, you know, the one with the most upvotes here is a PowerShell script. So. He puts in the PowerShell script. Um, I run to delete various app shortcuts. It seems to work for us. Uh, so, he, and he posted the code to the PowerShell script to be able to remove it. Um, the original poster said, thank you. Um, and then, you know, some of the other comments, you know, is kind of, you know, is there a way to take the script and have it add things to the taskbar? Somebody says, no, um, you, can't, you can't do that. Some you use custom XML files. Um, but, you know, just kind of a, an interesting thing, if you don't want edge in the taskbar um, and you have to remove it from, you know, maybe hundreds or even thousands of desktops, then this is the way to do it. And it, it's kind of funny. One person says, um, you know, all you got to do is right click, unpin from taskbar, works for us every time. And then he says, one machine done, 3,486 endpoints to go, which then leads to 99 bottles of beer on the wall analogy, but you get the point. So if you want to remove edge programmatically from a bunch of desktops, Here's a great resource in order to do that. And then finally, we have first level, first line help desk strategy. Um, so, you know, this person, you know, he's read a lot about ITIL and SDI, but in practice, what are people's strategies when it comes to first line help desk? When we were smaller, answering the phone, identifying the customer, then ticket troubleshoot remote access and resolution while on the call was manageable. As we've grown in customer and numbers, um, it seems we have a few op it seems we have a few options. The first option, flip our first line to do triage, basic troubleshooting, fault logging, minimize call times, calling back and resolving. This can be relate to SLAs. Option two, agent groups, queues, um, which may annoy customers. And number three, get more staff to cope with peaks. 
Um, he says, I'm, I'm sure others are the same, but mornings and early afternoons are busy. It seems um, mad to hire more text to cover those periods. I'm leaning towards number option number one, but for some customers, this would change to say your ticket is two, three, four, you know, whatever, and someone will call, call you back. Um, now, one of the interesting things I, I thought that, uh, on this one, the one that has the most upvotes so far um, is, you know, weekly therapy for your, for your help desk would go a long way. Um, and that leads to another discussion. But, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, when you work the help desk or any kind of service industry like this, people say the, the, the meanest and cruelest things sometimes. They, you know, they, they get really mad and they, they take their frustrations out on whoever it is that answers the phone. Um, and, you know, there's some other, other folks talk about different groups and those types of things, but, you know, therapy, hey, it, it, it may be an option, you know, to, to at least help your uh, help desk staff to, uh, to cope with these, these users. Um, someone else says, what's your, what's your volume like? What's your staffing like? Um, he says, six first line with four more senior texts. Call volumes can be up to 80 per day. Mix of phone and email tickets. So the current call answering is not the main issue per se, it's the balance of the first call resolution against a fault logging strategy or a hybrid two or three call logs, the remaining work um, through tickets. So, you know, other people said 1,600 tickets a month. Um, you know, that's, that's quite a bit. Maybe we do need to hire more people. Um, others say put three on triage during peak volume times, but allow a little more time if they can resolve in under 20 minutes. Um, it depends on what your process, process and systems you have. Um, you know, some one, one, one person here says one of the things you might want to consider sooner or later, dedicate someone senior to triage incoming tickets, either periodically or constantly and move them uh, to first or second line accordingly. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk here about, you know, kind of do a quick triage to see if you can resolve it. And if you can't, then move it up to the next level, but do it relatively quickly. So that way you can kind of get to the next one, because if there's that many stuff, is that if there's that much incoming, you know, you want to handle them all as, as fast as you can. But, you know, you can't have every, you can't have six techs spending an hour with each customer before they get to the next one. Um, so some, some good advice there. Um, there's actually quite a few comments on this one. So definitely read through it. Um, if you've got some suggestions or comments, then, then definitely um, let them know. So with that, um, I am now going to turn it over to our interview. Again, this is Scott Sanders with Affordable Technology Solutions in South Carolina um, and the popular group, the IT Business Owners Group or ITBOG. Um, so check out the interview. Um, Scott's got some great stories and uh, we'll see you next week. Hello and welcome. Today I am joined by Scott Sanders um, out of the South Carolina area, if I'm not mistaken. Columbia? That's it. Columbia, dead in the center of the state. <laughs> All right. So Scott, why don't you tell us about yourself and a little bit about your business? Well, thanks, Doug, for having me on. Um, I am, I actually am in the IT arena in two different areas. So um, I own a break fix and an MSP hybrid shop okay. um, that I've been doing for, I've actually owned it now going on 15 years. Wow. Um, we started out as a residential uh, break fix uh, local service company and mm -hmm. A lot of those break fix clients, uh, you know, in the beginning were like, God, you know, more than the guy we had at work. So <laughs> up some res I mean, some commercial clients from that, okay. uh, that worked out well and started dipping my toes into the enterprise uh, commercial side of the industry mm -hmm. uh, and really liked it. So uh, built up um, quite a little business here in the Columbia and surrounding areas and 
of course, with remote, with the introduction of that, it kind of opens up uh, a broader audience, not yeah. to my, uh, where can I drive to? I now have remote clients in other states, which is kind of cool. Great. Did you, you know, you talked about getting into business doing break picks. Did you have a career in IT or, you know, technical before that? <laughs> well, I went to work uh, for my father in his mm -hmm. business and his business, um, we won't really get into what it was. And that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> it, was all, it, it was all paper driven. And okay. um, when I got out of college, I went to work for him um, and said, dad, there's got to be an easier way. And, and that was really, um, you know, I'd always kind of tinkered. I've always had a mindset for technology, mm -hmm. um, but I never got into computers and programming, of course, but we're talking a long time ago back then. We're still talking. I, I remember the first computers, you know, having the AOL dial-up. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it's very, I don't know, but I can't remember. I wasn't ever a gamer, so I didn't get yeah. into like the Commodores and, tandies and all that that was actually just a little bit right before my era i actually started working on i remember the first computers that i deployed we deployed at my father's office were like uh i think they were windows 2000 professional hmm. learned how okay. to network um uh how to set up a little work group had a server um quickly realized how to if there was a problem just to get all the data out where the hmm. data was um, and something, if it whooped me, then I just wipe the machine and start all over again. Kind of, kind of made it like a methodical practice. Okay. Um, and so I started applying that and, um, in the beginning, uh, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about it. it I was just figuring it all out as I went along. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that was a lot, that was a lot of the way that I fixed things in the very beginning. Uh, until I started figuring out, I'm seeing this over and over. There's got to be an easier fix than just wiping and reloading every time I see <laughs> a problem. So um, we'll call that my pizza tech days. We, okay. You know, so online, you'll hear that term a lot. I, I think they're called trunk slammers, pizza tech. Yep. Truth of the matter is, I think all good technicians started out that way anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so I know I personally did. Um, those are my grassroots, but, um, over time you evolve, uh, you realize that what one way you used to do it before, uh, that may have been good, but uh, back then, but things change, technology changes, uh, standard practices need to change to keep up mm -hmm. with that too. Um, so lately I have, uh, been trying to migrate my, my business into a managed, a full blown managed service provider. Okay. So we, we're trying to get away from that reactive, um, hey, help, uh, you know, <laughs> something's broken. I don't, I'm, I'm tired of being the firefighter after 50 yeah. years. So, um, that's a really, that's a tough struggle. Um, it, it's, a, it's a big struggle for me personally. I've successfully managed to convert about half of my clients over. And see the value, the true value in someone actively monitoring your computer systems and networks for potential mm -hmm. problems and heading them off ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just makes total sense to me to take all the things I have seen and worked on over the past 15 years that have caused problems and just figure out a solution and attack those ahead of time before they become a problem. Yeah. Now, I noticed you, you still have kind of a, a little bit of residential um, 
on your on your website as well. I, I would imagine you consider that more break fix because it's residential versus managed. Um, is that something that you you know that you you know still offer you know excitedly or is? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, being in this for so long, I have so many clients that call mm -hmm. me still on the residential side, and I'm very loyal to those who've been loyal to me over the years. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I kind of pick and choose, uh, yeah. but um, I'm not accepting any new clients at this point unless they, uh, you know, I'm only selling my managed plan, but yeah clients who've been with me 10 years, I'm not going to let them go. I'll still support them. If they don't want to do the resident, you know, the, the managed services mm -hmm. then you know, we, we just went up on our rates. So that kind yeah. of offsets that a little bit. <laughs> okay, great. And you know, is it easy to transition them? I mean, you know, you know, you said, you know, you kind no, of, no, <laughs> <laughs> I've read books, I've done everything. Um, and, there is the, the, you know, I think everybody looks in my end in our industry that's making that transition from break fix to managed services. I think that they're looking for the magical answer. You know, what's that <laughs> one, two, what's the two line sentence I need to tell every client that's going to say, Oh yeah, where can I sign up? I, I just don't feel like that's, um, I don't feel like that, that that's there. It doesn't exist because every client is different. Every client's needs are different their mentality is different, their budgets are different, um, and they don't see value like you or I see value in the mm -hmm. end. Yeah. So now, you know, in terms of, of the customers you have, you know, at least under the managed services side, you know, do you specialize in any particular verticals or, you know, do you, is that because you've been in business for so long and, you know, do you, do you have a lot of verticals or, you know, how, how does that work? Just about every kind of industry. Um, I support HIPAA clients. Um, I also have uh, plumbing services that I support. <laughs> I mean, my thing, I've always been, I've never really, in 15 years, I've never really advertised. It's always okay. word of mouth. Yeah. So um, I'm not the guy to put a yellow page ad out and say, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm always, I've always been referred. So a hundred percent of my work comes off of referrals from previous clients. And I'll always ask for that. I'll, I'll mm -hmm. say, Hey, if you think I did a great job for you, my, my Google review has just always been let everybody know what a good job I did for you. Um, so I've just always, I, I think referrals are the num word of mouth referrals are the number one source for good clients. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. So, you know, it's just, I know for some people getting started, you know, it's kind of, you know, you, you've got to get over that hump. You've got to get some clients before they can start referring you. So absolutely. And, you know, it, you know, and if you're trying to really aggressively grow the business, then, you know, maybe you do advertise just because, you know, you need some leads coming in for your salespeople to follow up on and those types of things. So um, definitely, you know, a lot of, a lot of interesting differing opinions on, on advertising out there in the MSP space. So. <laughs> there is, and um, that that that's funny because you know that the advertisement. Um, I, I'm that way in one of my businesses, and then the other business. I don't I don't think we've really touched on that yet. Um, I, I'm all about advertising in there, but that mm -hmm. that's kind of different. Um, but the the whole the, the whole crux, you know, before we jump into the other topic, the whole crux of it for me 
is, you know, the managed services for so long. Here, here's where the problem lies. I was so busy 15 years ago running my business, trying to get my business up and running. Mm -hmm. uh, that I was just focused on one thing, Doug. I was focused on getting the clients, making them happy at all cost. Yeah. I wasn't focused from the dollars and cents point, so to speak. I did start with a, a pretty high uh, rate. I've seen a lot lower, mm -hmm. uh, but I started with it with a, with a, with a fair, fair rate, but it, it was still on the high side uh, 15 years ago. And um, one of the, one of the biggest things that I have seen in the transition is I always taught people to just call me when they needed me. I didn't yeah. realize the value of the proactive side of things. So in 15 years, those break fix clients, <laughs> that's what they've done. They've only called me when they needed me. But the yeah. problem now is when they call me, they really need me. And it's always a crisis. And yeah. 15 years later, it's just wearing me thin. So um, what I found with those, I've, I've been implementing managed services now for a year. And it's really just monitoring at this point. Yeah. Um, I've got an RMM that I use, Ninja RMM, um, and it works well for my needs. Um, it sends me alerts. I'm able to, you know, check on the status of all of my endpoints across all organizations. Um, it's it's really a good a good thing for me. Um, but there's a, there's still some a few things that I'd like to add to. I think they call it your stack. So, um, I'd like, I'd like to add a few things and those, you know, we'll get into that later and that's going to be tiered, tiered pricing. So I'm kind of taking baby steps, uh, with the MST, MSP transition. Okay. Um, so I, I think that's in the end, it's gonna, it's gonna allow me to have better clients. Uh, we won't have to, you know, respond to so many emergencies. We'll try to hit them on when they happen. Um, but it's not an easy transition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't imagine, you know, especially after, you know, since you've been doing it for so long. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, some, some uh, you know, kind of a, another area of, of interest to, or that you're working on. And, and, you know, this is how we got connected is um, your IT business owners group or ITBOG. Um, yeah, so ITBOG. Um, <laughs> so years ago, actually, it's been years now. Uh, years ago, I, I was on LinkedIn, and I'm still ha I still have a LinkedIn profile. I still get emails all the time. I just never go into LinkedIn anymore. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I think it's for people who need a job, um, or you know, they're, they're to pr promote their skill set. But I, I started IT Business Owners Group on LinkedIn, and mm -hmm. it was really just a group. It was one of those things I was just playing around with. Uh, just one of those things you just get into and just start doing. And it started, it really kind of took off overnight, but um, it was really a support group, but there was never like, like I was out here selling all this stuff, like these mm -hmm. products, uh, antiviruses and backup solutions for all these vendors. But I never had a proper channel before I invented or came up or created IT bog. I never had a proper channel to go in and mix like if I'm selling a product for a vendor mm -hmm. and I didn't want to have to call the vendor support line 
to ask questions. Yeah. So I felt like there was a need for such a place for vendors and the technicians that and sales and companies that mm-hmm. sell their product to co-mingle together. And that way the if I have an issue with a with a with a pro product I'm selling, I could go and discuss it openly. And other people in my field may say, hey, we're having the same problem. Well, then the vendor can take action and say, ah, yeah, thanks for the heads up. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I started it. But um, it started as a LinkedIn group. Like I said, that group still exists, but it's completely dead now because, <laughs> we, I mean, I think it has close to 2,000 members. And when I can find time to put on another hat, maybe mm-hmm. I'll come back in and start <laughs> up again. But um. So, but one of the problems, the key issues in LinkedIn with IT Bog in the beginning was I would ask a question and, you know, we live in what I call a microwave society today. (laughs) So everybody wants it right now. Your clients certainly want it right now. So um, if you're sitting, you know, I I surrounded myself with a lot of, uh, you know, technical people and um, everybody was a hundred percent vetted business owner. So I don't want the techs that work for you. I want you if you're the business owner um, or the IT decision maker. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically we got together, we created this group, it it, it took off great. But what, what I found was an issue was that I would ask a question and then it would take um, maybe a day like Mm. 24 hours to get a response back yeah and i didn't like that so um i didn't even actually have a facebook account at the time but (laughs) wife she had a facebook account Mm -hmm. so some of the people went over and helped help me create because i had some volunteer admins at the time okay we created a facebook group um and it it, kind of took off from there we we just told everybody in the group hey we're moving over and um Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was definitely slower growth on the Facebook side. It took off like overnight on LinkedIn, but yeah. I didn't have what I call that rapid fire approach. Um, mm-hmm. My type of question, I want to be able to get an answer almost instantaneously. Yeah. Um, so I've always had that mindset and driving the group. Um, so it, we, we, we've had the group, it's, it's social media. The group has had other yeah. but <laughs> the things that I like about it, um, you know, it really is, uh, the group has transitioned more from break fix. Now we're a lot of people are kind of, uh, in my same position. Um, we're trying to get out of that break fix model mm-hmm. and yeah. over to more of a managed solution. Um, which just makes more sense. So we all get to go, go to the group and we can ask questions of whether it's a billing question, how do I build this client? Or, hey guys, what do you think about uh, Cloudberry backup service? So, um, which I definitely am all for. So, um, you know, it's just a great resource. Um, we have a member map. Uh, so, it, what we're trying to do with that, though, is we're trying to actually form an association. We're going to okay. have, um, you know, it's not just going to be a Facebook group. It may have started on social media. That may be mm-hmm. our grassroots. Uh, that's where we got our foothold. But, you know, at the same time, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to be doing big things with that. 
so the website, www.itbog.org, uh, itbog.org. Okay. You go sign up. Um, mm -hmm. There's a link to our Facebook group there. Um, so you can sign up, get an account, you can join the Facebook group. Um, but you have to be the business owner to be in the Facebook group. That's what gives a, the group value yeah. add. You have to stay focused. Or a vendor. Yeah, cloud you let vendors in. <laughs> I let vendors in. Uh, I just, I wish it was easier on Facebook to identify as a vendor. Um, you know, because that you, you don't, you know, if someone comments, you don't necessarily know who they are unless you click on their profile. And if they, they may say they work for a vendor or, or they may not. So you don't necessarily know, you know, so I always put that disclaimer in there. If I'm commenting on something in a Facebook group, by the way, I work for the, you know, I work for Cloudberry, I work for the vendor, just to make sure people understand that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's a great point because we're actually looking at a site redo Mm -hmm. um, and I want to, because one of the problems is everybody's just staying in Facebook. Nobody's really driving traffic to the to the uh, website, okay. and membership site. And what we want to do is we want to add value there. So, um, you know, I have a lot of uh, other members that will say, you know, the only thing that stinks is this group is on Facebook because I hate going <laughs> to Facebook. So. I've been thinking with the with the member redo about maybe adding like a forum or something in there that yeah. would kind of mimic or mirror the topics being discussed in the Facebook group. So if someone does want to be a member, they don't necessarily have to be in the Facebook group. We'll just yeah. make the Facebook group a value add. Okay. Cool. Um, so you know, kind of going back, you know, you've, you, you've got a resource out there for, for, for folks and, you know, you've been in this for a while. Um, you know, and like I said, you, you're transitioning over to MSP as, 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 as much as you can. Um, but if, you know, for someone who's just coming into the group or just getting started and saying, Hey, I'm brand new to this MSP. I'm going to start, go out on my own. You know, what kind of advice do you have for them? Uh, documentation, document everything. I think documentation, one of the things that I'm learning coming from break fix, you know, in a break fix uh, setting, you, you're just there to fix a problem. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're like the plumber. Oh, well, the pipe is leaking here. Um, you just fix the pipe and you're done. Um, so documentation really hasn't been a big part of my career in the past, but <laughs> moving over to trans, you know, transitioning into MSP, I document everything. Um, because it puts you in a more intimate role with your client. And I explain that to my clients that I'm converting over. Hey, I'm going to have them, I'm going to take a more intimate approach to your technology. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not just going to call you if I need to do something. I'm just going to do it. Um, so they need to, you know, clients need to understand that up front in, in a managed role. We basically, and I think the easiest way to ex explain it is we become your outsourced IT department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that definitely. Be, that, that, that would be my biggest thing is documentation and um, make sure that ev everything is automate as much as possible because it's yeah. a ton of work. So automation <laughs> is key. Definitely. Um, so, you know, you've been doing this for 15 years. What's, what's the best part about it? What do you, what do you enjoy the most? I really, truly enjoy um, a challenge. I, I'm not necessarily a big reader, um, but I do like to, to figure things out in my head. So um, 
like like I like to logistically lay things out uh, mm -hmm. visually in my head and then follow through with that and make things happen. Like a client will call me and say, hey, I need this. I need this done. Uh, we're working on this. And I, I like to strategically lay it out and just ma make it happen either remotely or on site. But a lot of stuff, you know, with the automation tools, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's very easy to do remotely. Okay. What's the, uh, what's the worst part? <laughs> um, Friday night at nine o'clock when I'm trying to watch TV and I have a managed client with an issue that's down. That's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that that work-life balance, right? <laughs> that is. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we talked about the, the community that you're building, you know, the IT business owners group. Um, what other communities do you, are, you know, do you involve yourself in as, as, as part of, you know, part of your journey? Um, that's really about it. Uh, okay. It's funny. My wife used to fuss at me all the time about being on Facebook. And I tell people that I'm really, when I'm on Facebook, I'm engaging my group. I'm trying to make the group what it is. I'm trying to uh, come up with questions, posts that will um, inspire people, people to start talking about things. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about community engagement to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, if it's not policing the group, monitoring the group, <laughs> you know, pumping the group up, um, all kind of things. Um, but I, I use Facebook differently than, than most people. So I don't necessarily have any other groups that I go to. If it's an IT, if it's IT related, I focus a hundred percent of my efforts in my own group. Okay. Yeah. So it, cause you know, I, I came at Facebook a little bit differently. I use it much more for personal, you know, and now it's being used more for work. So it's, you know, sure. and I think that's why probably some people, you know, from a Facebook perspective are kind of like, eh. uh, <laughs> you know, Facebook's my personal, LinkedIn's my professional. Uh, <laughs> um, so thinking about technologies and whether it's consumer or, you know, related to what you do <clears throat> in your business on a day-to-day -day basis, what technologies are you most excited about? What, what, like, you know, on the horizon or, or something you're working on today? Oh, well, it takes a lot to fascinate me. I've seen just about anything and everything. Um, but the latest thing that I've really gotten into that I like, um, nobody's paying me to do it right now, but I really <laughs> see it as uh, something really cool. And it's totally off topic, but the virtual reality. I got okay. one of Oculus Go's. Um, mm -hmm. My best friend, he has MS, and he lives uh, about an hour away from me, but we grew up together. Okay. And um, he can't get out physically and do the things that I can do, but we're the same age. Yeah. But the other night, you know, he, he has one and I have one. We attended a basketball game in Atlanta, Georgia, which is, you know, the next state over from us, five-hour mm -hmm. drive. And we sat next to each other on the front row and watched the basketball game. <laughs> each other. Like, I mean, I just thought that was the coolest thing. He was at his house. I was at mine. And yeah. I mean, we really felt like we were there. So that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that, that's really cool when you can share an experience like that, you know, using, you know, when the technology allows you to do that things you wouldn't normally be able to do. So that, that's great. And I could totally know there's a, there, there, there's a lot of debate about the age a child should use it. Cause I have a 10 year old and he still hasn't been able to use it, but um, I'm just, just that concerned parent, you know, yep. uh, <clears throat> something about the eyes development and all that kind of stuff with it. But 
Um, I could totally see it being used in like a homeschooling environment where you mm-hmm. can actually stay home and just put those goggles on and you could be in a classroom setting. Yep. Or, or like you say, people who, who just can't get out, right? You yep. know, who, for whatever reason, and then can just use that as an experience and, and be able to experience new things, you know, even though, you know, physically they might, may not be able to. I think that's great implementation of the technology. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get it into a business sense somehow, right, too. So. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it, it, could be, it can always be used for learning. So it, you could yeah. virtually teleport yourself to a, a data center, uh, and uh, I'm sure there would be interactive things you could do, like to take tests. So maybe that's the way we'll get our new certs. Uh, <laughs> go in, which Ethernet plug do you unplug? <laughs> it's right there in front of you. That would be kind of- the red one. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, never the red one. <laughs> I thought it was uh, the blue one. Oh, so, uh, so, so that's you know, what you're excited about. What technologies are you worried about? What keeps you um, up at night? What keeps me up at night? Uh, probably, you know, cybersecurity and ransomware attacks and... Um, you know, I, I don't really too much worry because my clients are on backups, mm-hmm. um, but I don't too much worry about a whole lot because I, as long as I can get my hands on uh, the, a backup, I can pretty yeah. much build it. So, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. The hardware is immaterial. It's the data that's important. Yeah. Okay. No, great answer for that. And with that, we are now to our rapid fire round. Okay. So got six questions. Easy, just whatever first comes to mind. There's no wrong answer in, on most of them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we'll just go through this quick. And uh, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First up, Apple or Android? Apple. All right. Mac, Linux, or Windows? Windows. Okay. Amazon, Azure, or something else? Amazon. Okay. Local backups, cloud, or both? Both. Great. Should you always virtualize, yes or no? Depends. Okay. I I should add depends on on that as an option. Um, And then finally, which is worse, printer support or vendor cold calls? Equal. (laughs) Equal, okay. Uh, I'm sure you've had your fair share of printer support, so. Absolutely. (laughs) Great, Scott. um, It's been fun. Any last words of advice you have, you know, know, before we leave, anything you want to share with the community or or our listeners? No, I appreciate you having me on. And um, if anybody, uh, if you own a computer repair business or an MSP and you'd like to uh, join our community. It's www.itbog.org, or you can send us an email to support at itbog.org. So Great. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll include the links in the show notes, uh, so that way people know know where to find you. Like I said, I you know I think the Facebook group was great. It's very active. Um, I, I, I I'm I'm more of a lurker than a participant because I don't want to jump in if I you know if I don't know what I'm talking about I'm not going to say anything. So. <laughs> Um, but, but I do appreciate uh, what, what you've done there with that. All right. Well, um, you know, thanks again. And um, 
you know, hopefully I'll get to meet you in, in, in person one of these days. Sounds like a plan. Doug, <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, Scott. Have a good day. You too.